Be the Good is all about people doing good in the world while following their passions, good for their own souls and for others. I'm Kate Cherichello, and welcome to today's episode. If you are enjoying these stories, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean so much. You can also join our Facebook community under the group title, Be the Good with Kate Cherichello. Let's spread a little more goodness in the world. Today's guest on Be the Good, I'm thrilled to introduce you to Morilena Wallace, and she is the founder and CEO of Equity Design Inc. She is also a world master's track and field gold medalist and record holder, and she does so much more. So usually I give people a little bit longer introduction, but honestly, I really want Morilena to be able to tell you all about this. So Morilena, thank you so much for being here with me today. Yes, thank you for for having me on this beautiful Thursday. Absolutely, thank you. So with all my guests, I ask five questions. You can take them however you want. And so first, simple but not easy, who are you and what do you do in your own words? Oh yeah, yep, simple but not easy. Uh, so my name is Maureen Wallace, founder and CEO of Equity Design. I am a social entrepreneur. I am an athlete. I am uh, someone whose favorite uh, movies all revolve around musicals because <sighs> musicals bring me joy. Uh, you know, I am a friend and auntie to two uh, beautiful girls that I've raised, but I have four uh, all together, nieces and nephews and uh, a daughter, a wife. So, so many things uh, and just wear so many hats. Excellent. Excellent. Morelena, please tell us all about your path to starting this company through, and you can take it all the way back to childhood. You could take it back to the start of your company, but please tell us more. I think I, I knew, it's funny, I was just talking to my mom about how, you know, growing up, we, we were just always so resourceful. So, you know, where we lived uh, was on the Upper West Side and that was by design. So my father knew, um, you know, early on that in order for us to be able to get into the best schools, we had to live in a certain community. And that was great. We had access to it, but access and affording it, I found out are two different things. So I called myself a window shopper at a very early age. So on the Upper West Side, it was able to see, you know, um, youth being coached, right, in these different teams, but I, you know, my parents just couldn't afford it. So uh, I knew I was a runner early on. So my mom, you know, she'd work uh, like just all late at at night um, at, at the post office and she would come home and she was like, okay, come on, we're going to go to the park and you get a chance to practice, run around. Um, and that, that was my introduction to, to running and track and field. And from then on, just kind of relied on like uh, school-based programmings to be able to give me access uh, to track and just realizing it, you know, it was something that I, I really was passionate about and wanting to do. Uh, so, you know, so, so growing up on the Upper West Side, I, I realized I was definitely exposed um, to what I would want my life to be uh, growing up. And, but we, again, we, we just couldn't afford it. 
Um, I think that it made me realize at that moment, if, if it is something that I want or truly desire, I needed to work for it. And um, so, yeah, I, I made sure after middle school to position myself at one of the best high schools uh, that gave me a balance of both track and field and academics. Uh, and so I went to A. Philip Randolph Campus High School in Harlem. It also gave me access to City College. So our school was right on the campus of uh, City College, which was fun, you know, especially for a high school student. Um, and during that time in high school, again, it was, it was just really about how can I now position myself to get to a college that would afford me the, afford me the opportunity to go for little or nothing um, and I can use track and field as an entry point. And so, and, and that's what I did. Uh, it was a part academic, part track, and uh, I knew I wanted to go to an HBCU, a historically black college. I didn't know I was gonna be destined to go all the way to Alabama A&M University. But in, in any case, it was track that has opened the door for me uh, so many different ways to travel, to represent the United States. Um, and it also had me understand just how important you can apply at an early age, the discipline that sports affords you, especially a girl. Um, and then you apply that to your work ethic. You apply that to just, just everyday living. And so I had this discipline um, and I was very, it was very fortunate. Uh, but then I realized that not everyone, again, has access, right? So I just started like really thinking like where I want my career to be. And I always, I was very mission driven. And so I knew that my work would always be in the nonprofit um, or social entrepreneurship sector. I always knew that I, would, I wanted to get back. I knew that I didn't want to be in a, in a corporate setting. I knew, or, or as my mom says today, like, you know, you can't sit still for long. She's absolutely right. Uh, <laughs> Same. <laughs> yes, I, I just never imagined myself, um, but I, I've always imagined myself giving back and working with kids, which is so, so much fun and, and it keeps you on your toes. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just being an, an athlete and what I guess you could say was unfortunate as a child, again, to not have access um, or being able to afford the resources that were needed so that I could, you know, be an athlete, so that I could socialize and be able to have what was considered the best. And so, you know, but at the same time, I was fortunate enough to learn how to do more with less. And it was because of that mindset, because of the athlete's mindset that I am who I am today and where I am today. Amazing. Amazing. So Alabama A&M, and then you went and got your master's as well. And that was back here in New York, right? Yes. Okay. And then was it right after that, that you started your company? Oh, no, I, so, uh, so after I got my master's, um, I, I got an MFA and my thought process was, you know, I wanted to 
use media as a tool, as an educational tool to bring awareness, visibility. Um, did my thesis on the impact of HIV AIDS and how uh, they were educating minority youths in New York City. And so, um, you know, I realized I started stepping more and more into education and, um, you know, was fortunate enough to do everything from being an educational coordinator and just realizing I wanted to do more. So I went back to school um, at NYU for education, communication, and technology, and then continued to work in the nonprofit sector um, where I also met April. Um, yes, yes, another former guest who connected yes. us. A wonderful person, yes. And, you know, um, I started to really see my, my path and it was around helping people. It was around education. Um, and then after working at Bailey House, uh, I, I started thinking about starting my own company. And so I actually, the first time I started equity design was around 2012. Um, but as I was doing it, I met um, Emil, who at the time was the executive director of Fit for Life NYC. We started talking and one thing led to another where he was like, why don't you be my executive director? And then I thought about it and I was like, okay, all right, you know, I'll, I'll do it. And so for seven years, um, you know, I ran Fit for Life NYC, uh, which was another social enterprise, but it focused on youth, uh, youth development, sports and physical activity. Um, our market was more so uh, charter schools and underserved communities. And you know, it was such a great experience um, being able to one, connect those that lived in the community uh, with our or to work uh, for us in the schools and the communities that they lived in. And so to be able to say to someone like, you know, you can have an impact as a coach Right? You can have an impact through basketball, through track, um, through flag football. You know, that was what was so exciting for us and the number of kids that we served in each of these communities. And so once, uh, so Fit for Life NYC was acquired, which, which wasn't a bad thing, I guess, you know, that, that was a testimony to the good work that we were doing and how far we've come as a business. Uh, after it was sold, you know, that's when I started thinking, what do I want to do? And uh, yeah, I, I was like, there's still more work to be done, but I want to do it different. And what I realized is that those seven years, we were chasing like, how many kids can we serve? How many kids we can serve? And it is measurable. You know, the, the fact that you can impact X amount of lives through your organization, through sports, through health, but the numbers weren't budging. And so when I say the numbers, right, the numbers in the Bronx around health disparities, um, the numbers in East New York and East Flatbush, um, you know, they remain, Brownsville, they remain the same. So it made me think like the work we did, like it wasn't anything, but th there was no like real impact. You know, there was still childhood obesity. Those numbers didn't move. There were still people living, you know, with high blood pressure, high levels 
in comparison to the financial district, Park Slope, Upper West Side, Upper East Side. So these communities are like a blink away, right? But because of someone's zip codes, it dictates the resources that come in. And so this immediately had me thinking about what it was like for me growing up. A little bit of reverse because my zip code had the resources. I just couldn't afford it. So again, how do we give access? But how do we also make sure that programming is designed specifically to be able to change those numbers? And so that's really what equity design is about. Um, you know, looking at data, using an equity lens to design physical activity programming. And so if you think about it, we, we take steps back and if we use like an analogy of an architect, right? So we, we design, we are the architectures of, of physical activity design. Excellent. So Borelita, I love all of this. And it's so amazing how every, every step in the journey like leads you to your passion. That's been a very recurring theme throughout this whole show and I love it so much. Tell me about some good news moments about now students that you've gotten to observe who have really benefited from equity design or things that have happened for you that, because of what you've done. I think it's, you know, for, for those seven years, you know, of um, being the executive director of Fit for Life NYC, you know, I, I got a chance to, I was, I was in a really good position with the CEO to, he gave me an opportunity to grow as a leader, right? And, and he, he really took a chance on me. And I, you know, be, I'm, I'm always so like thankful for that moment, right? And it allowed me to see, right? How I can take that experience and all those experience from, you know, undergrad, from when I was at Bailey House, and I, I can actually see it coming together. And so I think that the next part of it is realizing like, yo, I can, I can do this, you know? And, and you would think, right? You'd be like, oh, you look at your resume, of course you can do this, but there's nothing like having and feeling the confidence and believing in yourself. And, you know, my mom believes in me, my husband, like all of these people, but it's nothing like you stepping back and realizing like, I am doing the damn thing. And, you know, I came to that point when, you know, we, so a lot of the work that we do, we realize during our discovery and our data, you know, that it's not really the kids we should be working with, it's the adults. And because it's the adults that, do not have the healthy relationship to physical activity. And therefore it may not be a priority in the classroom, within their organization or in the community because they don't know how, and that's okay, right? That's, that's a part of the reason why we exist. And so I'm uh, fortunate enough to partner with ON, um, uh, ON running a, a sneaker and running apparel company. And, you know, they, uh, gave me the right to run grant and to focus specifically on PS32. And so we came up with the goal. We came up with what is it that we need to do to increase physical activity with the teachers. 
And then ultimately within the next three years, how do we increase physical activity within the East Tremont section of the Bronx community? And during the first couple of months, we had an opportunity to work with um, a celebrity fitness trainer for the Marvel superheroes, um, Don Saladino. We had an opportunity to um, work with not only him, but also with uh, Winter Soldier, if, if those are familiar with uh, Marvel, so uh, Sebastian Stan. And yeah. we, with a group of teachers from the Bronx, we climbed the entire state building together. And it, I think when, right before we started, right, um, the race, you know, the stair climb, one of our program associates, or two of the program associates came up to me like, Thomas Wallace, you know, they're, they're asking for you. And so we came over and it was like a step and repeat that the Empire State Building set up. And, you know, all the celebrities came over and, you know, they were like, we're doing this for equity design and the communities that they serve in the Bronx. And so like at that moment was like just emotional because I was like, well, that's me, right? Like it's, and it just goes back to like, y'all, I'm doing the damn thing. I, I still got a Metro card. I'm not riding in no bins or anything like that. You know, it's me, my Metro card, sitting on the train, going from place to place. And the fact to be able to hear this and to be able to climb 86 flights with New York City or, or Bronx teachers who some of them never been to the Empire State Building to cross the finish line and for them to be so happy that they, that they did it, that they were gonna go tell their students the next day that they can do whatever it is possible to finish the race and to come back downstairs and Sebastian Stan has pizza for us and says, <laughs> I waited and because one of the teachers, we were the last ones to, to come in and we stayed together, right? And, and for him to say, I'm here for you all, I'm here for equity design, I'm here for these teachers, you know, that, that, that meant wow. everything. So it, it was, it was at that moment where I'm like, this is, this is definitely puts a stamp on what I should be doing and what I can do. So it was that moment that helped me realize like sky's the limit, no matter who tells you no, or like, if you have a vision, there's move forward with it. That is so incredible. I have to ask just side question. Did you ever have a moment when you were building the company, like at the beginning before you were really in the schools, it was just starting out where you weren't sure if that was the right way to go? If you thought maybe I should find another organization just to be a part of and not start my own or anything like that? Yeah, I, I did. And there are moments even now, like it's hard. Yeah. It really is hard. There's, there's nothing at this point, um, you know, someone said that, it, you know, I, I was talking to him um, and he's mentoring me through this, right? He was like, you are the today, you are the tomorrow. <laughs> of, of your company you are everything and it's 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 hella hard 
you know, um, you know, there are moments where, you know, if you think about it, an analogy of like a kid who has homework to do and everyone's playing outside. <laughs> yes. So, you know, I'm like, ah, it's beautiful outside. Or my husband be like, did you go out? No. I oh, yes. But it's the goals, keeping those goals in mind. Because it's, yeah. it's amazing, too. It's just such a short amount of time. You went from the last job ended, you're going to throw your whole heart and soul into equity design. And next thing you know, you have this giant event already. The grant's already been done, you know, and Sebastian stands waiting at the end of it. I mean, that is that is a big leap in a short amount of time. So congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah, thank you. And it's, you know, my, my thought process was, you know, not, not, not just that, but like, I, I sometimes entrepreneurs or, or founders, whether you're a social entrepreneur, entrepreneur, or a, uh, you know, overseeing of, as a founder of a nonprofit, you know, it can be tempting to like chase the money, not follow it. Following it, I feel like is different. Chasing it is is another thing. And so I'm trying to be as mindful as possible and to understand that, you know, I have power too, right? So if, if an organization or a, a corporation comes and says, we give you X amount to do X, Y, and Z, you know, I pause to say, well, are you the right fit for me? I might be the right fit for you, but let, let's look at your portfolio. Let's look at what you're expecting of me. And let me tell you what I am expecting of you. And it's such a great relationship with On, you know, because it's genuine and it's just nonstop asking, what do you need? What do you need? And I'm like, you know, that's, I mean, they're like, that's like the Gucci of like what you want your relationship to be with your with your sponsor and grantor and so you know i i'm not i'm chasing the best i'm chasing and following the best opportunities for the communities that we serve mm. and that's and i'm trying to i am positioning power and words i am positioning equity design you know in a space where a sponsor or a corporation would want to work with us because they identify, not just throw money at us, but give us and trust us, right? That they identify with the work that we're doing and the impact that we want to have. Those are such important things to hone in on too, is that that power that you have, right? Even though you're often the one that's going to be asking for the grants or asking for the help as, as a nonprofit, you also have so much power in what you're giving. And so that's huge. And it, I feel like a lot of companies take way too long to figure that out and companies and individuals too, right? There's right. always this sense of, oh, I'm smaller. I, I have to like take a back seat, but just to own it and say, look, I have so much to offer. And that's, that's huge. And I love what you said on that. So thank you. Yes, yes. Yeah. So you kind of answered a little bit of this next question, but do you have any mantras or sayings that you found that have really supported you throughout these years? Um, 
the one that I, and for those that know me, uh, I remember when um, I transitioned uh, from uh, Bailey House, and I, it was the first time I, I read this book about social entrepreneurship. And I was like, what is, what is that? And it, you know, started reading about like what Ben and Jerry does, what Patagonia does, and all of these like big time corporations that it's really about doing good and sustainability. And one of the books was, um, you know, it's called uh, Being Bold. And I read it a couple of times and it still stands on my desk. And within the first few pages, it re and it's from, um, I think, uh, Echoing Green, which does a, a fellowship for social entrepreneurs and change makers. And it says, fear means go. And whenever you get that feeling of, of like fear and I think I can't do it, that's all the reasons why you should. And it's, and it's real. And it's, you know, it's, it's tough because for me, right, there's this fear because, you know, I am in a male dominated world, right? So that it's the world of fitness, it's the world of sports. And, you know, someone say, well, all of it is male dominated. Yeah, but there's something about like sports and there's something about like, you know, when we look at PE teachers and coaches, like as a matter of fact, the, I mean, the NFL just recently hired, you know, it was one of his first female coaches, the MLB um, made history in 2022, which sidebar celebrated, yes, but it just shouldn't take that long <laughs> for these things to happen. And so it's very male dominated. And so it's, I have to constantly think, right, of like, you know, what is this person going to say? What is that? And it is in the back of my mind, but I continue to assert myself and push forward because I know that I'm supposed to be here. I know I'm supposed to have a seat at the table. I know I'm supposed to be on this court. I'm supposed to be on this track. I'm supposed to be facilitating this group. And so when that moment of fear clicks in, just take a deep breath and, and just go for it. I love that. I love that so much. Marlene, please tell us about, the, I've, this has been a new question for this season. And if someone came to you and they want to make a difference, but they don't know where to start, what would you tell them? I, I always, well, I think that the first part is to, you know, I saw this commercial today where um, this guy had went out on the beach and he had saw all this garbage and he got this rake and attached it to his truck and pulled all of the garbage on the beach. And then the next day he came out and the turtles came out. And so the fact no one told him, right? He he saw a problem and he just, he just started working on it. And, you know, I, I would say the same thing. If you, you see a problem, right? Think about who you can attach yourself to, to really help. Right. And, and I, the other thing that I say is, you know, think about, think about why, because the parts that frustrates me, there's good in everyone and wanting to help. But the part that frustrates me is 
you get those individuals, right, who, who want to do good. And as soon as something happens or they lose interest, they, they about face and go away. And what I always say to that is, well, the per person who is impacted by the problem, right, doesn't have the opportunity to just about face and go away. You know, this is their life. So I always say, when you think about volunteering, when you think about diving in, right, ask yourself, what is my capacity? And be real with it. My capacity is one hour a day. Cool. My capacity is, you know what, I want to do something more online. I want to create visibility. Cool. So that's the first step. Think about your capacity and be mindful of the organizations, like if you're volunteering, the organizations you volunteer with, because they're taking their time, right? And so I'm always, you know, I'm just always mindful of other people's time, uh, the work, the space that they set up to include me. So again, great that you wanna do good, but also be honest with yourself around the capacity around, well, I have my job, I have my family, all of these things that I love, love to do, but I wanna be able to make a difference. You know, you don't have to, you know, don't have to start out big, Think about, well, maybe what can an hour a day do? What can 10 hours a week do? You know what? I want to transition and be a board member. I want to be a volunteer. So again, start small because you're trying it out too, just as much as the organization is trying to figure out if you may be a fit in volunteering with them. That is great advice. And it really, I mean, with anything in life, right? When you start too big, tend to get burnt out, confused, frustrated. So start small and you just keep building. Yes. Excellent. Now, where can we follow you and Equity Design? Please tell us. So we are on uh, Instagram. Uh, you can do uh, at Equity Design Inc. So Equity Design Inc. Um, and that's really our, our base. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you, it's a heck of a hard time trying to keep up with, with social media. Um, you know, we do our best, uh, but we also acknowledge, especially if someone writes us a note or have some questions around how can they get involved. Equitydesigninc.com, excellent. Yes, yeah, and, and that can, has a lot of resources too. And yeah, definitely. And so you can email us um, through our website or you can hit us up you know, um, uh, via Instagram and with anything that you wanna know about the communities that we serve and the work that we do. Excellent. I can't thank you enough for your time, Morelena, and all of the great inspiration and advice today. Thank you so much for all you're doing. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Kate. Thanks so much for listening to Be The Good with Kate Cherichello. Whether you're listening on YouTube or via podcast, it would mean the world if you like, subscribe, and or left a review. You heard about the good? Now go out and be the good in your life this week. If you have stories of good news that need to be shared, please send me a message. Thanks again and have a great week.